Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have made and the Lord's Day that we can come here uh, joining our hearts together to lift up our worship unto you. Lord, we thank you because we know when two or three are gathered together that you are with us, that you are here with us um, this morning. Lord, we ask for your spirit to lead and guide us as we look into your word, speak to us. Lord, that we will be able to know what is in your heart and to be able to respond um, by walking in the way that you desire. Lord, we thank you for this time and we pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we'd like to continue on from the series of sermons that we have been doing for the past few weeks, uh, which is on darkness and also light and how the Lord desires for us to walk out of our darkness into His light and also to allow His light to come into the darkness that is within us so that we no longer are darkness, but we are light. So this morning, I'd like to bring us to Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. All right. Uh, we shall read this together, shall we? Um, from verse 11. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lust. So this is um, an exhortation from Paul to the Romans uh, regarding their life. Now that they have received Jesus into their life, now that they have encountered Jesus and, and received um, Jesus and the salvation that is in Jesus, that they're to change their lives. Now, this, this few verses uh, is not just about changing their life. He's asking the people to be aware of uh, where they are right now. The first thing that he mentioned is be vigilant, be alert, and do not be complacent. Uh, it says here to be uh, vigilant means to be watchful. It says it is high time to awake out of sleep. Now, when we say to be vigilant and to be watchful, it doesn't mean uh, bird watching. You know, bird watching, or if you've gone to the zoo, uh, you just watch animals and you just stand there and watch, right? Uh, it is not just watching scenery, looking at the sunset and enjoying how beautiful it is. Uh, it's not just uh, admiring something. To be watchful means, uh, in the sense of to be vigilant, means to, to be on the lookout for any possible danger. It means that something may happen. It means that, um, that there may be danger in your life. Now, how many of you have uh, dogs in your home? 
or you are a pet owner, you have a dog, right? Okay. So dogs are very uh, peculiar uh, beings, peculiar animals, and they they are usually very slumber. You know, slumber. They are very chill, right? Um, and if uh, throughout the day they'll probably just sleep around, uh, probably just uh, you know uh, spend their time just lying down, but. If they hear a stranger outside, like the postman or the grab driver or the grab motorbike or the, any other motorbike, so when they hear anything outside, they will get very excited. And some of them, those that are a bit more fidgety, will start barking, right? They'll bark, 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 until your owner, either the owner uh, says stop or they are satisfied that there's nothing wrong, right? So they're very watchful. They're very vigilant about their own territory. Um, does that mean that they, every time they are very scared, you know, they, they keep looking around and, uh, for any danger? No, they're not fearful, but then they always know that something may happen, right? that they need to be alert. So that's what it means to be watchful. Right? It doesn't mean that we go through our life being fearful, uh, uh, being very skittish, uh, that something may happen, being very ganjong. No, but then to know that, um, that there may be possible danger around the corner. Now, that's what Paul is saying here, to know the time, to be awake, uh, to be not asleep, but to know, uh, uh, to be vigilant, and to know, to be conscious of any possible danger that may happen and to be ready to prevent it. That's why we want to be watchful, right? It's not just to see something uh, happen and then that's it. Um, if you go out for a lunch with your friends and you happen to walk away from the table, we like to say, uh, help me look after my things, right? Help me look after the things. Or just uh, watch after my things. Uh, and and sometimes we also say, uh, don't just watch. Huh? Uh, if you see someone, grab it, run after them as well, right? Isn't that true? Don't just watch, but run after them. So in the same way, when we watch, we want to be watchful, we want to be vigilant. It is in order to see if there's any possible danger and to be able to be ready to prevent it. Now, what do we specifically look out for? What are the things that we should be concerned with? Now, we need to be alert of our spiritual progress and how we are doing. How is your spiritual health? How is your relationship with the Lord? The Apostle Peter says, Be vigilant because our adversary, uh, the enemy, Satan himself, is like a roaring lion searching for those he can devour. He is on the lookout for any of our weaknesses any of our sins, any of our transgressions, any of our iniquity, uh, anything that we are hiding inside us, any darkness that we still have. And he's looking out for all these things so that he can use it to trap us. He can use it to entice us. He can use it to tempt us. He can use it to cause us to stumble, to fall into sin. And when we do that, that is when he devours us. The Lord Jesus says that uh, Satan himself has only one 
uh, one intention for all of us, which is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so we need to be vigilant and be alert about our spiritual progress because Satan indeed is alert about our spiritual progress. He's watching. He's looking for any weakness that is in us so that he can attack us and so that he can use it to, to cause us to stumble in our life. Paul also says, know the time. In here, in uh, the verse, in the beginning of the, the passage that we just read, he says, do this knowing the time, that it is now time to awake out of sleep. Now, knowing the time in this context of the passage uh, is Paul talking about uh, the coming of Jesus. That knowing the time that the uh, time of our salvation is nearer. He's talking about Jesus coming again. So we need to know the time. But it can also apply, this principle uh, can be applied to our spiritual progress as well. Paul talks about that the day is far spent, right? That the night is far spent and the day is here. Uh, night and day is also talking about um, our life. When we were living in sin, it was darkness. But now that we are living in day, in the light, uh, we need to know the time. And so in our own life, in our spiritual progress, in our life itself, we need to know where we are right now. Are we winning a battle with darkness that is within us? Uh, some sin that we are fighting, that we are gaining the upper hand, that we are dealing with. Uh, perhaps we have gained some ground. Perhaps we have uh, been able to, to, uh, to, to, to live in greater godliness because we have gained ground. Are we making progress in our transformation of our life, in our sanctification? Are we growing deeper in godliness? Or are we struggling in our life? Um, my cell group, we used, to, we used to reach out to uni students. And one of my uni students, every time when we have cell, at the end of the cell, we have a time of prayer. And so we go around each, each person to ask them if there's anything you want to share about how the Lord has touched you throughout the week and if there's anything uh, you want the Lord to, to help you with that we can pray. So as we go around, uh, everyone will share something and everyone will share a prayer need. And with this um, student, every time that it comes to him, when I ask him, is there anything we can pray for? And his answer is always, gen always usually the same. His answer is always, uh, no, life is good, smooth sailing. Right? Smooth sailing. Life is smooth sailing. And I always found that funny because, uh, because he does it not because he, he feels that life is smooth sailing, but he wants to just you know, make, make it funny. Right? Uh, but sometimes in our life, even when we struggle, we think that we are going through smooth sailing, that we don't have any issues. Even when we're struggling with sin, with, our, with darkness that is within us, sometimes we will think, uh, it's okay, uh, it's just a small thing, that it doesn't matter, 
that I can just go through life smooth sailing. But that's not true. If we, if Satan is a roaring lion prowling around to look for someone he can devour, then surely when he sees that there are little things in our life, little darkness that is hidden, uh, little sins, little addictions that we are hiding, surely Satan will look and say, hey, now this is something that I can use to make this person stumble. So that is why um, Paul here is saying, know the time. Where are you in your life right now? Are you always thinking that you're smooth sailing? There's something may be wrong. There may be some sin in your life that you have been so used to that you no longer think it is an issue. And therefore, life is smooth sailing. Therefore, my life with God is well and fine because I don't think that sin is an issue. So we need to be watchful. We need to be certain where we are in our life, to search out our lives, to ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything in my life that I need to do? Is there any darkness in me that is really a place where Satan can come and attack and cause me to stumble? We need to be watchful, be vigilant, and know our spiritual progress, where we are in our life. If our spiritual progress, if our life, where we are, is not something that we've considered for a long time, perhaps it's time for us to consider that again and ask the Lord, Lord, truly, honestly, where am I, where am I with you in my life? So that we can make progress and transform our life and grow deeper in godliness. But let us not stop there. If you are doing well in your life, when you consider your life and you're saying, yes, uh, I'm not where I should be, but I'm progressing, I'm moving uh, into deeper godliness, don't stop there as well, right? Don't just rest and say, yay, I'm done, you know, that everything is fine. But continue to make progress. Do not be inactive. Do not, uh, do not stop your spiritual progress. Now, being active right, doesn't mean that you don't rest, uh, right? So that oh, every time uh, you're just moving about, you're just like you know, going on and doing things that the Lord uh, wants you to do, right? Being restful also means doing something, right? Being restful in the Lord also means that you are being in the presence of the Lord and seeking Him in rest, right? So doing something doesn't mean always actively moving. Sometimes the Lord desires for us to stop, to ask us to consider where we are in our life. For some of us who are uh, used to doing a lot, uh, you know, running about, um, perhaps the Lord is asking you to consider your life as well, where you are in your spiritual progress. Just because you're moving about a lot doesn't mean that um, you're making progress in your life. So be watchful, be vigilant, and know the time where you are 
The second thing is cast off the works of darkness by deliberately uh, getting rid of all works of darkness. Now, removing darkness is a choice. The Lord has revealed to us how we ought to live our lives and what is sinful, what is wrong, and what we should put away. To cast off the works of darkness means uh, that the choice is in our hands. The word cast off means that you have the choice of whether you want to cast off the works of darkness from your life. Right? So we, we cannot say to the Lord, Lord, this is beyond me. The things that I'm struggling with is beyond me because there is still that choice that we can make to say, cast off that darkness that is in my, in my own life. Cast off anything that is ungodly, that is sinful. Now, what are the works of, and the deeds of darkness in our lives? Some of the examples of the works of darkness and the fruits of darkness are anger, right? Um, if we are prone to anger, we're prone to fits of anger. Uh, if when we drive in KK and a lot of times we get upset because someone cuts in front of us or someone slows down, then there could be an issue with our lives. Um, wrath, wrath, malice, blasphemy, using the name of the Lord in vain, a filthy language uh, out of your mouth, right? That's what the book of Colossians uh, chapter 3, verses 8 says. So all these things are the fruits of darkness, are the deeds of darkness. Uh, of course, Paul here says also revelry and drunkenness, lewdness and lust, strife and envy. So all these things are the fruit of darkness. Do we see any of them in our own life? Uh, I'm sure we all can agree that there are things in our life that we need to deal with. And when we see these things, we have a decision to make, a response to make. Do we cast it away from our lives? Or do we still hold on to them? To cast off means that we need to be deliberate about it. To say that these things will cause me to stumble in my life, will cause me to fall from the Lord, and therefore, I need to remove it from my life. Are there any things in our lives that we need to deal with, that we need to cast off? Are there any things, any, uh, any sin that we need to remove from our lives? And I want to encourage us that if we see that there are, then we need to deliberately get rid of it, to remove it, to not allow it to continue on in our life, to not allow it to continue to be in our heart, to not allow it to continue to cause uh, us to draw away from the Lord. We need to mend any holes that we have in our life. Uh, we need to uh, remedy any weakness that we have. Uh, in, we need to deal with any weakness in our character, weakness in our spirit, um, weakness in, in the way we, we, we live, or in the way we think, in our belief system, uh, weakness in, in, in our character, 
like when we, when we speak to someone else, is there any weakness? Is there any issues? Do we feel any bitterness when we talk to others? Is there unforgiveness? And when we see it, we need to cast it off. We need to deal with it immediately. The, the word cast off here also tells us that it is something very deliberate, but it is also very, um, uh, very immediate, right? Cast off, right? Means for me, when I think of cast, cast off, I'm reminded to just throw it away. Throw it away, right? It's not being nice to it, but to be, uh, to be deliberate, uh, to be uh, immediate about it, to cast it off from our lives. And that is how we should deal with darkness in our lives. The third thing is that we need to put on the armor of light. We need to fight. Right? In, uh, in the passage, it says here, um, the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Now, the, the word put on here in English does not really fully uh, convey what it means in the Greek. Right? Uh, put on here is not just putting on something like dressing or wearing clothes uh, or in this case, putting on an armor. Right? The Greek word itself, uh, endu, uh, means to sink in. Right? To sink in. So if we read that uh, verse again just now, it says... Um, Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us sink in the armor of light. Right? And perhaps when the translators, the English translators, when they considered the verse, they couldn't quite um, picture how someone can sink into the armor. So they changed it to put on, which sounds a bit more, uh, re um, which means, uh, which is easier to understand, to put on. Right? But the Greek itself says to sink in. And when I read this, it was interesting because then it, it becomes something totally different than just putting on. Today, this morning, I put on a shirt, right? And by the afternoon, when I'm back home, I take off the shirt. And I don't use it until uh, the next time when I put it on again, right? Uh, and that's how we, we think when we think of putting on clothes and putting on armor. But if we, if we look at it from a different meaning, which is to sink in, then it, it means different. To sink in means to be immersed, right? I haven't swam in a long time, not good at swimming also, uh, but I believe all of us have swam sometime in our life. Lah. And you know what it is to swim. When you swim, when you stand at the edge of the water, you know that when you jump in, you'll be wet, right? You'll be fully wet. If the, if the, what do you call that? Swimming pool is, 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 uh, is not deep, then maybe you will save your, your, your head from getting wet, right? But if it's deep, when you jump in, you know that your whole body will be fully wet. And that when you come out, uh, you're not dry, right? You'll be fully wet from head to toe. You come out looking different. You come out not the same 
Uh, you were once dry, but now you are wet. And when you do that, when you jump into the water, you know, you jump in knowing that you'll be wet. So in the same way, when it comes to the armor of light, there's that same idea as well. That when we sink into the armor of light, we are fully aware that when we sink in, into it, when we immerse ourselves into it, that we'll, our whole being, who we are, will totally be immersed in that light. And just like when we get wet from swimming, and when we come out, we will still be wet. In the same way, when we sink into the armor of light, it changes us. In the same way that water makes us wet when we swim, light also changes us. It transforms who we are. It transforms our character. It transforms the way we look at our life. It transforms our purpose. It transforms how we look at God. We are fully wet. We are fully immersed. So in the same sense, um, to put on when we consider this passage, means to be immersed, to be totally committed to this new life. It means that we are always in the armor of light. We're always wet. We're always in the light. It means that it is not something that we put on one day and then we take it off when we don't feel like it. Right? It means that in our life, wherever we go, we always have that armor of light. We're always different. We'll always be fully immersed in that light. And so it means commitment from all of us, from the people of God. Do we sometimes feel that um, we're not putting on the armor of light? Do we sometimes feel that um, it is only something that we wear when we come to church? And then we do things that are perceived as holy. We do things that look holy. But when we leave the church and we start the engine and go off, we take off the armor of light and we are in darkness again. Um, but that is not how the Lord wants us to live. He wants us to be fully immersed in the armor of light to sink in fully, to make that commitment to say to the Lord, Lord, when I jump in to the armor of light, when I immerse myself into your light, I do not expect to come out of it differently. I do not expect to come out of it without being changed. Um, and and I hope that we can make that same commitment in our own life as well. To put on the armor of light, to sink in into it, and to tell the Lord, Lord, this is my life, that this is the light life that I have changed. Armor also reminds us that it's a fight, right? That Satan will not relent so easily. And that's why it's so important for us to remain in the armor of light, to be fully immersed in it. Because Satan will look for any opportunity that he can to attack us, to bring us down, to stumble. Right? So that's why we must 
always wear that armour of light and to fight, right? To fight. And don't, uh, don't just let Satan roll over you, you know, and decide how he wants to use you or how he wants to destroy you. Um, when we consider our life as we head towards the end of the year, have, do we see ourselves progressing where we should progress? Or at the beginning of the year, did we make uh, resolutions to change our life? And we look back, have we done that? Have we walked, uh, have we walked in the way that, that we have chosen or decided? Um, and if we haven't, if we find it a struggle, don't just let it go like that. Don't just say smooth sailing. But you have to fight. You have to deal with it. You have to take it by the, take it by, uh, you know, take it with your hands and deal with it so that you will be able to overcome Satan and overcome the things that are stopping you from progressing in your spiritual life. Once again, putting on is a choice uh, to commit ourselves to live a life uh, that the Lord desires and to walk in the direction towards godliness. The fourth thing is um, to walk. To walk means to choose a direction towards godliness and keep at it. To walk means to be committed. It means um, to, that even if we slow down, even if we stumble, even if we fall down, that we need to get up and we need to keep going. To walk means we've decided that this is the path that we will take towards the end of our destination. So in our, in our life as a Christian, when we, when we have decided that this is uh, the way that we want to go, that we want to follow Jesus, then we need to walk. We need to continue to walk and to keep at it and to walk towards where God um, wants us to walk. And, you know, with life, there's only really two choices that we have uh, that we can, uh, we, can, uh, we can take. One is to walk this path that God has set us on uh, towards His purpose and His destiny. The other is to choose our own way and to walk um, where we want to go. And... There's only two possible outcomes for that, um, for that path. One is towards life that is in God, and one where we choose our own way, when we walk in our own way, when we do not want to submit to where God is asking us to go, then it is the path of destruction. It is the path that Satan wants us to choose. So I want to encourage us to, to, to continue to walk where God is asking you to walk. And do not, do not veer from it, but continue. The fifth is put on Jesus, uh, put on Jesus Christ. Uh, in the passage, it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. To put on Jesus Christ is to develop an intimate relationship with Jesus. Now once again, this word put on here is not putting on clothes and taking off clothes. It's the same meaning as well, to sink in, 
to sink in to the Lord, to immerse ourselves in the Lord. And when we do that, um, we expect the Lord to change our life, to transform us with His presence. So we need to develop our relationship with the Lord. You know, our intimacy with the Lord is very important. And unless we do that, we will not be able to deal with Satan. Unless we do that, we will not be able to face up against the work of the flesh. Unless we do that, we will not be able to deal with the darkness that is in our lives. So our relationship with the Lord is really very important, very essential. Are we growing that? Do we take priority? Does it take priority in our life? That growing of our relationship? Or does our career come first? And the Lord maybe a few levels below that. Now, if that's the way we live our life, then the outcome will be very evident. We will struggle with our life. We'll find that Satan has always uh, ability to, to, to cause chaos in our life, has the ability to, uh, to wreak havoc in our life. When the Lord is not our first priority in our life, then Satan is able to come and, uh, and, and, uh, and devour us. So we need to develop our relationship with the Lord. And we can't face the things that we are dealing with in our life by ourselves. We can't deal with darkness using our own strength. We can't deal with darkness using our own wisdom. If we do it alone, if we're trying to face our issues by ourselves, if we're trying to face our sins and our addictions by ourselves, then we would be relying on our own strength. And when we do that, we do not rely on the Lord. And that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. Right? He wants us to use our own strength uh, and not rely on the Lord. And when we do that, we're walking in the path by ourselves and not where the Lord wants us to go. So we need to develop our relationship with the Lord and cherish it. Right? The sixth uh, point is we must reject the pull of the flesh. And to reject the pull of the, pull of the flesh, uh, one way of doing it is to fast and to pray. In the passage, it says, uh, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Now, in other translations, it says, make no provision for the flesh to arouse its desires. Right. So it's a bit different, right? but the meaning is clear that we, our flesh is very strong. And when our flesh is strong, it will, it, will, it will be aroused to pursue uh, desires of the flesh and works of the flesh. So when that happens, we will tend towards sin. We will do things that are sinful. And then our flesh is able to, uh, 
fulfill its own desires, the desires of the flesh. But Paul is saying here, make every provision uh, to make sure that our flesh will not be able to fulfill its desires. So how do we do that? We do that by strengthening our spirit. We do that by making our spirit life a priority in our own lives. We spend time in searching the Lord. We spend time in praying. We spend time in reading the Word. We spend time in praying in the Spirit. We spend time to develop that spirit man of us and make every provision to strengthen our spirit. And one way for us to really um, deal with our flesh is to fast and to pray. How many of us have fast before? Raise hand. Yeah, okay. Some of us have tried. And if you haven't, I want to encourage us to try, right? Uh, if you've done it one day, well done, right? If uh, one day, uh, well done. Um, but I want to, if you've done it one day, I want to challenge you to do it two days or three days, right? Uh, because it's different. It's totally different. If you think one day is, is, is a challenge, um, when you get to the third day, uh, it is totally different. Uh, because uh, your whole body, when, when, in the first day, when, you know, when I did my fasting, um, this was maybe, the first time I fasted was maybe about almost 20 years ago, when I first became a Christian. And, and we were doing it together that time. I remember uh, Ken and Kenneth and the leaders, and that time I was, uh, I was just new to the church, but he, he told all the youth, the young people, like, uh, this, uh, uh, let, us, let us commit to a season of fasting, right? So the target was to fast for 40 days, right? 40 days. And, and we, were so, we were so into it, right? Very, very, you know, like, uh, let's do this together. Everyone is doing it. Let's do it, right? Everyone's doing it, right? Then you feel like you're really encouraged to do it. So we did it, law, and you have to cut slowly, right? From from eating solids to just vegetables, and then to fruits, and then to fluids, and then slowly cut down so that your body is ready to fast. I remember on the first day of fasting, we all decided to go to Taman Rimba and to 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 walk, you know, to sweat, and to detox, lah, right? To detox. So, and then we were there, we were so excited. Okay, yeah, it's our first day of fast. And uh, let's, just, let's just do something uh, active. And, 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 and so we did, but we tried. Lah. But most of us couldn't walk because we were too tired. But do you know that when, when, you, when you stop eating food, right, that something else starts kicking in? I remember that time, um, we, we, we were not into full fast yet but we were on fluids and the church was in Center Point, Palm Square. So downstairs, a lot of shopping mall. Lah. I can tell you, we, we couldn't eat. We could smell different food, garlic, onion, 
butter and things like that, you can actually, your nose becomes very sensitive to different smell. You can even smell water. Um, and then our eyes uh, became very, very, very active, searching to fulfill the flesh. So downstairs, I remember there was once uh, during worship practice, we went downstairs, wow, like there's so many shops and we went in and we tried clothes, tried pants and we started buying clothes and started, uh, you know, buying stationery and books and things like that. And it's very strange because these are some of the things that we would probably not do if we were eating, right? Because we already had our fill. But because the body is hungry, the flesh is hungry, and there's, you're not eating, so then the flesh tries to fulfill the needs of the flesh by doing other fleshly things. So you buy stuff, right? You buy stuff, you just buy, right? And so that was the flesh crying out, save me, you know. I need to fulfill my fleshly desires. But then as you, as you tend towards uh, the first day, the second day, the third day, and so on, I never made it to one week. I think I stopped at the fifth day. But after the third day, your desire to eat, right, just goes away. And you no longer have that hunger and that urge. And then you realize you can focus a bit more on, on spiritual things. And you realize you can hear the Lord uh, clearer. So the spirit man has become stronger because all that while when you were preparing, you were weakening the flesh, but you were strengthening your spirit. And then your spirit man takes over. The spirit man is able to be strong when your flesh is weak. So I want to encourage us to not lose out on this Um, on this DNA of the church that we have to fast is very powerful. Very powerful. If you find in your life you are struggling with addiction, fast and pray. If you find that you are struggling with sins that you are struggling to deal with, fast and pray. If there are things in your life that is not pleasing to the Lord and you're struggling with it, fast and pray. Make no provision for the flesh to arise and to cause havoc in your life. Fast and pray so that you can be able to cast it off from your life, this darkness uh, that you have. I have um, been on this journey as a Christian for, I think, 19 years now. Um, I, I was one of the first fruits of Desert Stream. And I'm not the, one of the pioneers. 
pioneers are like uh, Pastor Margaret and and uh, Jerry and and uh, Madeline. They, these were the the pioneers. Uh, I was one of the first fruits, and I remember when I I came to the Lord, my life was really in a mess. Um, I was doing all sorts of things that um, that's really shocking. I shared this with the youth uh, during the youth conference. Um, I, I, I wanted to, I considered taking drugs, steroids. I, uh, you know, I was uh, in a relationship with a woman who, who was engaged to someone. Um, and it was really a very destructive life. So when I came to the Lord, um, I, and, and when, when, it was a time where you realized that you're just a very sinful person, right? And, and that, that you need to change your life. So when I received the Lord, um, it wasn't a 180 degree change. It wasn't overnight. I, I can't say that uh, I had an experience like, like Paul, you know, where he saw uh, the Lord encountered the light and then totally 108 changed. Uh, I continued to struggle with my life. We continued to try to deal with a lot of issues in my life and addictions that, that, has, that has been with me for quite a while. Um, But the thing is, when I look back, I'm really thankful because I, I kept on walking. Life wasn't, life, there were struggles with faith, there were struggles with sins, but you, kept, you keep on walking. You keep on giving more of your life to the Lord. You keep on casting off more darkness from your life. You keep on doing that. You keep on looking at your life and, uh, and asking yourself, where's your life? Where's your spiritual progress? And you keep on walking. And you keep on telling yourself, you need to change. You need to transform. You need to rely on the Lord. You need to rely on the Spirit. And, and bit by bit, you slowly change. Bit by bit, you're being sanctified by the Spirit. Bit by bit, you're being transformed by the Lord. And where I am right now, when I look back, I, I'm so much, it is, it's such a different place where I am right now. And I'm really thankful for the Lord because, um, because it's all Him, you know. I don't think I could have done it by myself. If I'd done it by myself, I would have probably taken up other, other sins, other addictions in order to to deal with the addictions that I'm facing. But where I am right now is because of the Lord, because of what He has done. And so I want to encourage us in your own life, um, wherever you are right now, to continue to transform, to continue to change, to continue to pursue godliness in your life and not stop there. Any darkness that we have in our life, if we just leave it there, it will, it will grow and we'll begin to corrupt other things in our life. 
Are you struggling with wounds in your life? With, uh, with struggling with, with, uh, with sins? Deal with it. Fight. Immerse yourself in the armour of light. If God's armour of light is only something that you wear on some days of the week, then you need to change that. Right? If God's armour of light and putting on Jesus is only something you do when you see the enemy attack you, uh, the enemy take your job away or take your, take your family away from you or you know, take your property away from you, then, wow, the enemy is attacking me. I see it. I see the enemy attacking me. I've been watchful. I've been vigilant. And now I see it. So now I'm going to put on the armor of the light because that's what Paul says, right? Put on the armor of light. I need to put on Jesus right now and fight him. Fight, 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 fight. By God's grace, yes, you'll be able to deal with it. You'll be able to have victory. But then if after that you take it off again, oh, life is easygoing, life is smooth sailing, I'm going to take it off. Take off that armor, take off Jesus. Then I can tell you that Satan will come rolling back again and start to cause issues in your life. If that is our spiritual life, it, if that is how we live our life, then I want to challenge us to stop doing that. But look at the armor of light that is before you. Look at Jesus that is before you. And say to yourself that I will sink in. I will immerse myself into it. My whole body, my whole spirit, my whole soul, my whole being. From my head to my toe. Immerse in the armor of light. Immerse in Christ. Knowing fully well that when we do that, we are committed to a life with Christ so that when we, wherever we go, we are fully immersed, we are fully wet. Um, so that's my encouragement for us all this morning to keep the darkness out by immersing yourself fully in the Lord, fully in the armour of light and so that you are able to fight and be able to progress spiritually in your life. Let's, let's prepare ourselves for a time of prayer. Father, we thank you uh, because of Jesus and the work of the cross. Lord, that we have victory in him and victory in the blood of Jesus. Lord, that, we, that through Jesus, Jesus has overcome Satan, overcome death, overcome the kingdom of darkness. But Lord, we look at our lives and we consider that sometimes in our life there are things that we need to deal with, darkness that is still with us. And as Paul tells us, Lord, this morning, for us to consider the time and be alert in our lives, to consider our spiritual progress and where we are, Lord, and also not only to do that, 
but to remove anything from our life, Lord, that is stopping us from progressing in our life. Lord, help us to look into our lives and if there's anything in our life that is not pleasing to you, help us to cast it off. Perhaps our favorite sin, our favorite addiction, our favorite issues, our favorite unforgiveness, our favorite wounds, our favorite bitterness, our favorite anger, our favorite lust, our favorite desires, and all these things that are stopping us from growing in you and growing deeper, from transforming further. Lord, help us to cast it off. Here's the more we hold on to it, the more it will grow into greater darkness, the more that Satan will be able to use it to destroy us and destroy all those around us. Father, help us to immerse ourselves in your armor of light, immerse ourselves in Jesus so that we will be able to fight, be able to, Lord, take up what is ours that you have given to us. Lord, and to walk this journey that we have chosen faithfully so that we can live your purpose, your destiny for each and every one of our life. Lord, help us to walk as your people, Lord, in our life. We thank you, Lord. We ask all this and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're going to use this song uh, as a way of responding uh, in, and declaring that uh, we shall stand and that we will be transformed, that we will fight on through till we see the Lord face to face, uh, that, that there is darkness, but we're going to cast off darkness from our life. We're not going to allow it to lay hold of us. We're not going to allow it to control our lives further. But we're going to say that we're going to cast it off. We're going to immerse ourselves in uh, the armor of light, immerse ourselves in Christ so that we will be transformed into His likeness. Amen? I'm going to pass the time to Pastor Margaret. Yeah.